PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you, Brandon, first. Hey, thank you, Josh. Um, it's, it's good to be here. Uh, Raider Jim, of course, on assignment. Wish him the best of luck. Uh, but, you know, Del Mar had a, a week, uh, a weekend where they lost, you know, obviously three races. Um, bounced back, did what they needed to do, did their health protocols. Um, we're, we're back in business here for Del Mar. Big, big weekend for them. Really, um, it's kind of the way the summer meet works uh, at Del Mar is, you know, the early part of it. Um, this is the this is kind of the big, the big one in the big Bing Crosby that'll be happening on Saturday. And then, of course, later on in the summer, um, I don't know if it's the last weekend, but it's very close to last weekend. Is of course the Pacific Classic, which is the million dollar purse, the biggest um, race that Del Mar has. So. The Bing Crosby this week coming up um, this weekend is the biggest of the early races. So um, there's there's seven races for um, that we that we went over and really really interesting. And don't forget, obviously, follow myself on Twitter, uh, First Report and Raider Jim at Raider Jim 1090 on Twitter. We'll be dropping picks for you on Friday, and then Saturday is um, our live stream where you can hop on. Uh, our YouTube, Facebook, however you listen or watch us, check out our live stream and uh, subscribe, get all that. And we will have that opportunity. We'll be giving you uh, not only those picks, but the reasons why in a little more depth. Um, it's really think of it like going to the track with a handicapper, going to the track with um, people who do this, you know, uh, a lot. So Raider Jim um, always will have notes. Um, we'd love for him to hop in here once or twice, we'll see how that goes. But he's always giving us notes, uh, giving us the leg up. He is uh, uh, an incredible asset to our uh, podcasting lineup. And uh, always, always an opportunity to make money when Raider Jim is involved. He's a daily double waiting to happen. He's always that daily double. Exactly. They, they need to start calling it the Raider double. The, the Raider, Raider Jim, Jim double. The Raider Jim Daily double. Perfect. So uh, we'll just hop right in right now into um, – we'll start, obviously, Friday. We got three special – or Maiden special weights, which, um, look, obviously, Maiden is never one. Um, and then they'll have weights in terms of classes. The special weights are usually the best. Um, and then how you grade those are the purse. So we have a uh, Maiden special weight at 55000 uh, pretty, pretty even keel. The one thing that's going to be interesting about this race is every single runner. This is their first run ever um, in a, a competitive race. So obviously, all two-year-olds. Everyone's pretty much starting in terms of that green um, rookie status. So what you need to do here in these situations is you look for a couple things. You're going to look for what the trainer's stats are with first-time starters. There are some trainers who don't necessarily want their horse to win. I mean, they always want their horse to win, but they're not going to put their horse in a position to win first time out. A lot of times it's to get their feet wet, to understand what it's like um, to be, obviously there's no crowd, but to be around unfamiliar faces, um, unfamiliar horses, being put in a gate. Remember, if you're the one horse, you're in that stall, you're in that gate for 
30 seconds, a minute, a minute and a half waiting for all those other horses to load up. It's stressful for a first time horse. So we see these situations where sometimes the trainers will put them in almost as yes, look, this is a real race, but it's also considered an exhibition for these guys because they don't really expect to win. Um, in that race, they'll obviously love to take in. You're going to look for how the trainers look. So look, if you have a trainer that wins at 30%, that's something you're going to give a leg up to because that trainer wants his horses to win first time out. Vice versa, obviously you'll see other trainers that don't have a high percentage. And those are guys that want them to get their feet wet. You'll also look at jockeys. Jockeys, especially the good ones, have a very high um, pool to choose from, from these horses. Human nature, what are you going to do? You are going to take the easiest path to win. You are going to take the best horse. These jockeys obviously know horses like the back of their hands and even better. So they know what horses are the best in these special weights, especially first-time starters. So when you look at that, you look at the really um, the, the top jockeys who are in demand, the Flavian Pratts, Drayden Van Dykes, the Sedijos, the Rispolis. Those guys are the ones, if they're in demand and they, they're on that horse, they're on that horse for a reason. And uh, finally, we look at lineage. Pedigree in horse racing is king, especially for two-year-olds, especially for first-time starters. We've talked about it on this podcast. Uh, sires, like Mucho Macho Man, they are really, really strong um, things to look at. So with that, as we look at what will be race two on Friday, July 31st, uh, that post will be at 2.35, um, approximately. I got four horses to look at. Um, in terms of the place, or, um, I'm sorry, in terms of the show bets, the ones that are probably going to come off as high numbers, I don't expect them to win, but I, I think they have a chance to get in the money, and that's a chance. That's what I love about horse racing, is your horse can come in third, and if you picked it right, that's a winner, baby. Um, so we look for myself at the two horse, Gravitron. Currently, morning line is four to one. Um, it might move closer. That's the thing with these first time starters and maidens. The morning lines, the day before, we just don't know. Um, the money will really be fluid throughout the day um, and throughout the meet or throughout the uh, heading up to this race. But let me tell you why. Um, what my notes were on Gravitron, who of course, like I said, is at four to one. On the morning line, we got Drayden Van Dyke riding and Jerry Hollendorfer as the trainer. They're both elite individually. However, surprising to me that together, they really don't have good numbers. Now, it is a bit of a small sample size, but in the last um, pretty much 18 months, 1920, the year of 19, uh, 2019, 2020, they've got 25 rides together. They only have an 8% win percentage and only a 30% or 30 cent return on investment. That's a very low number. We also look at what they've done in those two years or those 18 months at Del Mar. They're 0 for 8, nothing in the money. So while they're elite uh, uh, individually, something's not linking up, but Drayden Van Dyke, only three wins in 42 races here um, at Del Mar. Jerry Hollendorfer finally bringing a bulk of his horses to Del Mar. This is an opportunity. Look, whenever you get somewhat high numbers, I think there could be some numbers. Um, if you see this horse at five, six, seven to one, think about it as um, a possible uh, show ticket. 
Anything less than that, leave it be. I think it could be possibly a vulnerable favorite for people who do fall in love with that trainer and jockey. Look, it's a great trainer-jockey combo, just not in this situation. Another horse to keep an eye on for a possible show pick is Lady Mo. It's the eight horse. Uh, I'm a little biased in terms of this because her, his offspring, uh, or I guess I should say her offspring, made me some money on Monday. Came off as a 20, 25 to one. And the reason I picked that horse is the same reason I have my eye on this horse is because, because of the lineage. Uncle Mo was a top, top um, grade racer in his time. And he's been a great sire. A lot of the offspring have done well, not to Uncle Mo's standards, but they've gone and they've ran well. Currently the money line I'm sorry, excuse me. The morning line on Lady Mo is 12 to 1. If that moves up, I mean, honestly, if it stays anything, anything higher than 9 to 1 on this horse is worth a look. I will say this, bit of a caveat, um, Ruben Gomez has struggled. Now, only one race at Del Mar uh, so far this year, and obviously wasn't in the money. But overall, look, 31 runs, only four winners uh, for a 13% win percentage. That, when you're going up against the big boys, um, in Del Mar, that's, that's got to be better. Now, excuse me, moving on to the two horses I expect to really compete in this race are going to be the five and the six. And it's uh, Cielo de Oro is the five, and I'm the boss of me at six. So Cielo de Oro, number five, Flavian Pratt and John Sadler. Earlier, I talked about Hollendorfer and Drayden Van Dyke. Great to get uh, great individually, not so great together. Completely different here. They are very successful here, especially at Del Mar. We look at their numbers, 17 runs in the last 18 months at Del Mar. They have a 35% win percentage with a return on investment of nearly $2.70. That is big numbers right there for two giants of their individual areas. So that's the one that jumped out to me. I also look at what John Sadler does with first-time starters, 17% win percentage. That's pretty high for first-time starters. Uh, and then also with two-year-olds in general, he's got a 21 win percentage, uh, a 21% win percentage. That's good enough for me to get on the back of John Sadler and this horse. And I look at, I'm the boss of me, the, the sixth horse. We go back to the jockey-trainer combo. We got Peter Miller, the trainer, and uh, Sadio, the jockey. Sadio is, I think, number three in the jockey standings at Del Mar. These two together at Del Mar, even better than Sadler and Flavian Pratt. They're actually at 25% win percentage um, with 25 races. Not as big, as high as a return on investment. The numbers of Peter Miller's horses don't get too high, especially when you have Sadiho on there as well. So it was very, very interesting to see this race, a maiden special weight, two, three weeks ago, a month ago, maiden special weight, first time starters, myself, I stay away from it. What I've learned through Raider Jim and everything he's taught me, I'm confident in this race now because what he's taught me, everything in this race lines up, I believe, as I said, the five and the six to be one and two, and then keep an eye on uh, long shots, two and eight. Two might not end up being a long shot, eight more than likely will. Two should be considered a long shot. Uh, we'll see how the numbers go. But in terms of race two, that's five furlongs on the turf, okay? That is a sprint. That is the shortest race you will see at Del Mar. 
Uh, so we're going to see a lot of young talent, a lot of two-year-olds, a lot of um, green. And I don't mean the turf. I mean the horses. There's going to be a lot of very uh, inexperienced horses. So it's always a bit of a, of a wild card, but I do feel like we have a good handle of this race. Moving on to race number three, another maiden special weight. We have the purse sitting at 55,000. So just a little bit, actually, no, the last race was 55,000 as well. This will be on the dirt a little bit longer at six furlongs. We have some experience in these horses, um, not a ton. Looking over these horses, I look at the two horse Angel Creek. Morning line is seven to two. Uh, Leah, this is the sire, gets 7% on the debut winners. That's really, really important uh, to think about. 7% doesn't sound like a lot, but when we're talking about first-time starters um, from a horse that's probably bred 15 to at minimum of 20 of these uh, thoroughbreds that are getting out there, 7% is still rather interesting. Um, I also do look at uh, Athea Gibson. Raider Jim also sent a note to me about this horse. Ran well in its first race at Los Alamitos. Um, came off as a 11 to one shot, finished four lengths off the lead to uh, a, another really good horse, a first time starter, uh, Mellis. Thea Gibson is one to keep an eye on. I do think the numbers won't work in our favor because Philip D'Amato is the trainer here. The numbers are going to drop um, not going to be a ton of value. I will say this, Philip D'Amato, not 100% not sure what it is. Could be a flute, could be a bit of a small sample size. 23 runs at Del Mar so far, only two winners. That's, um, uh, don't quote me on that, but that is might be Philip D'Amato's worst start at Del Mar, a place that he's been so well. Um, another horse, I'm so adorable. This is a value pick for me. A terrible start last time out, really kind of hampered things, and still only finished three and a half lengths off the, uh, off the leader. This is a horse, now we're, it's coming from Los Al, Los Alamitos, Del Mar a little more classier, uh, no offense to my friends at Los Alamitos, but Del Mar's a little, it's a little more hoity-toity, you got a bigger, higher class of horses at Del Mar, and we're, we're going to see how this horse deals with that um, up in class, if the number balloons, I mean, it's already 15 to 1. That's, yeah, for, that's the, for those people of Los Alamitos, I am Josh Gay MBA, and that is Brandon First, uh, the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't want anybody to get confused. I don't want to get any shots from the Los Alamitos people. As uh, Brandon First, they're not as classy. Classy there's like Freddie Blasky. With that. People over there in Del Mar, Del Mar, California. I'm sure the, um, the, uh, the, the folks up at Los Alamitos would, would, would agree with me on that, and they have no problem with that, and it's fine. Believe me, Los Alamitos is a, is a great racetrack, um, but, I mean, you know, Del Mar is even a little hoity-toity for Del Mar, let's be honest. So, uh, But just in terms of the, the class of horse, race, uh, horse racing that you have at Los Al, um, the, the, if Del Mar's in session, the better horses are at Del Mar. There's no doubt about that. Uh, same thing with Santa Anita. So we'll see how that works up. Um, we move on to the Elgo Franco, the four horse, by far the most starts out of any horse. And it's probably going to go off as the favorite because of that. Five out of the seven runs have been in the money. 
but still 0 for 7 lifetime. Eventually this horse has to get a neck in. Um, has run at Del Mar last uh, November in the Bing Crosby meet. Finished second uh, in that maiden special weight, same class. So we'll see how this race, this horse goes. I would expect this horse to be the favorite, not necessarily something that I am going to go after, but I am going to point out one other horse that probably will um, contend. I, I, I spoke too soon in terms of who I expected the favorite to be. I think it will be the six horse um, liberalism in California. That's going to, to go very well in terms of the name category. And a big reason why is, look, you got Julian, or I'm sorry, uh, you got Rispoli on on uh, the horse here. And Rispoli has been the best jockey at Del Mar. And it's been pretty much on the West Coast. Before Del Mar began, before the meet began, the first thing Raider Jim said was the jockeys that are hot. And Rispoli was number one. And he has continued winning 13. He's at 30. He's at nearly 30% wins and nearly, excuse me, 50 runs, uh, 50 starts so far. So currently nine to five for liberalism, two runs at Del Mar at this length, and they finish and it finished twice both times. So but it's edu educational though, right? When you're talking about okay, this horse is the favorite. The favorites win twenty percent of the time, right? So you, so you're looking at the two horse maybe to win, or what do you what do you do? What's your handicapping style? You know, it's it's hard right now. Um, because we don't have the real lines. But for right. me, I don't ever want to bet the favorite, especially anything less than three to one. Um, I, I want to find maybe another horse. So what I would do in this situation, because look, there's their favorites for a reason. This is a horse, like I said, it, it's, it, this will be its fifth start. It's been in the money um, every single time. So eventually it's going to win. What I would do in this situation is take the six in liberalism, maybe take the four in um, Elgo Franco. I would find um, a Quinella, maybe a trifecta box, so that if, if we get it, maybe we're reliant on two other horses. But look, this horse isn't going to pay if it goes off. I mean, look, at the, at the morning line, nine to five, that's less than two to one. That's going to drop even further when people get their hands on this. Uh, and something that I've, I've noticed at Del Mar, Without a centralized, um, without a centralized till or or a centralized area where the bets are coming in, it's the the projected lines are going. I I go back to opening day. I put in on a I put a bet in on a horse, and we were four minutes to post, and it was five to one, six to one. It came off at eight to five, and it, the final odds. How I mean, five minutes it goes from six to one to eight to five. So it's difficult right now because there is no central. Um, at Del Mar, you know, you'd have people who do obviously offshore betting, but you'd also have a large amount of people who are going to the window and putting money in so that the, the racetrack actually has that money on site and they're affecting that money in a central area. And that's what I mean by that. We are now seeing TVG, Twin Spires, Racing Form, uh, I mean, any betting site you can think of all having their own race book. And it's coming in very, very slowly. So that's something you have to be keep an eye on. But at the end of the day, look, most things don't change when it comes to these maidens and stuff like that. Julian Rispoli, or Rispoli I don't know why you want to keep calling him Julian, but um, Rispoli has been on fire. And we look at Elgo Franco, seven times, five times in the money. Both of these, it's the return to the mean almost type thing. One of these times, the horse is finally going to break through. These are good horses. It's going to be very interesting. 
There are situations also, try and find a, a, a horse like Athea Gibson. If that goes up higher than three to one, if uh, Angel Creek gets rolling up a little bit, try to find a horse that you can pick to finish third at 15, 20 to one. If it hits, it hits, and it's going to pay more, probably five times more than that favorite if on a win. So those are, those are the keys. There's plenty of value, and it's not always necessarily in the favorite, but if you do play the favorite, and it was a good, it's a good race to play the favorite. Liberalism is a smart horse um, in, this, in this area. Value-wise, not so much. Probably the horse I would pick to win, but not the one that I'm picking to make money on. There's a big difference there. Moving to the other maiden special weight that I want to focus on is he's race. making a good point, right? Because in sports betting, it's the same way. Horse racing, the same way. You got to look at your money management, right? So when you look at the odds, uh, you look at, you know, you eliminate. I, I would, and I hear a lot of horse racing guys do this. You eliminate the favorite right away, and then you look at the odds. You look at the money, and then you 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 start uh, money management, right? There's a horse you might want to put 20 bucks on because you feel good about what's going on. But you can logically process something, right? You have your process, but you're going to put $2 on it, right? And you never, I don't care what type of uh, betting you're doing or what type of wagering you're doing, you never bet more than 25% on your bankroll because there are no guarantees and there are no sure things. Especially in horse racing, right? Uh, Brandon first was talking about that horse the other day who didn't even leave the gate. Exactly. And it's, we are talking about wild animals here. And, and, and I've talked about maiden special weights, especially two-year-olds. Um, now that's not the case for this last, but the first race I talked about was first time starter two-year-olds. That is high school, middle school, little league stuff you're talking about. That's what we're talking about in terms of these horses' careers. That's where they are. And we're betting on them. So we have to kind of understand that when we, when we, and that's what I've talked about, understanding what race it is, what type of race we're dealing with, not just the length, the surface, but what type of class we're having here, what type of horse we're having. And um, these, these, these horses are, they're, they're animals, they're not wild animals, obviously, but they're, they're animals that don't necessarily know that, hey, hey, buddy, you're the favorite, or vice versa. Hey, you're not supposed to win this race. And boom, that 51, 50 to one shot like Birdstone comes through. Boom, and kills everything. Blows up the Triple Crown. That horse doesn't know that it ruined the Triple Crown at 50 to 1. You know, it, they, they just want to run. And sometimes they don't want to run. <laughs> but moving on to race number five, uh, Maiden Special Weight. Pretty much same class, 55,000. A little bit later in the day, it's going to be um, post time, 7.07 Eastern time, 4.07 local time at Del Mar, race five. And this one for me, it's very, very interesting as we, this will be the last maiden special weight we talk about after the next four races we talk about are going to be the feature races of the weekend. So when we look at the, the one horse via Angelica, it's first thing that's going to jump out to you is, or should jump out to you is a trainer jockey combination. Uh, you want to talk about hall of fame combos, Bob Baffert, Mike Smith, is the quintessential it that is whatever uh that is the cream of the crop in the jockey trainer combo now this will be interesting this will be the last day that bob baffert will um be eligible um himself to be a part of horse racing um for a month 
not quite sure what the uh, suspension was, but starting August 1st, he will be suspended for his um, multiple of his races or horses coming up positive um, for steroids, or um, I believe it was actually painkillers as I say that. Um, and and, and the, the excuse was a little half-assed, I'm not gonna lie. It was um, saying that the his co-trainer was using a, um, was wearing gloves that had, um, or he, I'm sorry, excuse me, he had used hand lotion and then had touched the horses and it absorbed, hey, I'm not a scientist, sounds like bull crap to me, but whatever, it is what it is. We will see Bob Baffert's horse via Angelica run. And obviously, look, Mike Smith, Bob Baffert, we look at Jocker training. Yeah, Jocker. Bob Baffert is going to be suspended for 15 days. 15 days, there you go. Uh, Mike Smith, Bob Baffert, just this is a duo that it's their Hall of Fame, period. But at Del Mar, very, very interesting. In the last 18 months, only ran eight times together. Now, that's a big part of it. Mike Smith doesn't run like he used to. But they are 0 for 8 at Del Mar in the last uh, year and a half. Very, very interesting. Obviously, still worth a look. I will say we are running seven furlongs here. This horse debuted at five and a half. Ran okay. Then they moved it to a mile and 16. Ran worse, but still okay. And now they're finally trying to settle in at seven furlongs. We'll see how that affects this, uh, the one horse via Angelica. Uh, the two horses last first kiss, uh, trained by Gary Mandela, ridden by Drayden Van Dyke. Three out of five times this horse has run. It's been in the money, um, obviously, despite not winning. Two places in a show. Gary Mandela, only two runs at Del Mar this meet, but has a win and a place. So obviously he is putting horses in uh, the right areas. The right, my, my dad used to call it um, purse, purse snatching. Uh, putting them in areas where they can go out and win easily. Obviously with the maiden race, that's not happening. But the other horses that Gary Mandela is putting on the cards at Del Mar are in uh, spots to win. Another, and this is a situation this is the horse um, I was talking to uh, Josh. Or this is a race that I was talking to Josh about earlier, I believe. Let me just confirm it. Yes, we have three Bob Baffert horses in this race. Um, some are saying uh, we're, we might see some scratches from Baffert uh, to, to kind of save up, and this was to, to make things easier for happier. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this question because you um... – your process of going to the track, right? You're running around, right? Because you're looking at the horses, you're seeing what's going on, and then you're running uh, to the cashier, right? To put in your ticket. So there's no one there. So it might make it harder, but with modern technology, I wonder how much of a difference does it make? that Bob Bathur isn't physically there. I mean, he might even be a good thing, right? Because he can text exactly. whoever or, you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's very similar to coaches. It, the coaches, their work is done starting game day. Right. Um, they've done everything they can. Bob Baffert has done everything he can for these horses up until and, – and if you honestly believe that for the next 15 days, from August 1st to August 16th, Bob Baffert will have no say – of what goes on with his horses you're right. out of your mind now will right. he be on track doing no but they're obviously look we all know how modern technology works um i don't think we'll see a bobby valentine situation where you put the glasses on a mustache and a different <laughs> shirt 
I don't think we'll see that happen, but I do definitely think maybe someone could find a webcam on the trail. Right. Like, hey, where'd this come from? Oh, and they look it up. Oh, it's it's an IP address that's registered to Bob Baffert, and he's watching us. Okay, those things are going to happen. I think that's probably going to happen, believe me, especially when we talk about horse racing. Very few, very, very few um, sports, if any, are right. as rich as horse racing is. Right. Um, now, obviously, look, to be a sports owner or a team owner of a major league team, yes, we're talking billions, but to just be in the bottom of the barrel of a horse race uh, owner, we're still talking six figures here, folks. So um, horse racing in general, Bob Baffert, they, there are situations, they've been ready for this for a long time. Um, and, and I'm not, I, I don't believe it will affect the horse um, because like I said, the job is done. Now, maybe a week from now, maybe if we see some Baffert horses, maybe struggle a bit, maybe, uh, that could be something to think about. But I think right now, especially, I mean, considering he'll still be here at this day right. um, or at least still be available. Um, and another thing too, you know, it's really only essential personnel. Owners aren't there. Um, very few jockeys or, or um, uh, very few. Um, uh, yeah. I forget. You know, like the, I want to the say handlers, they're called grooms. They call them handlers. The, handlers. The, yeah. The, 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 the gentleman. A thousand that, that, people. Uh, when we did our research, for the first podcast, we looked at how many people go to the track, right, in Del Mar. And it's about a 1,000 folks that you have to take care of. And to think about it, with it being a 1,000 people, uh, they've done a pretty good job as far as testing and people not getting sick and infecting and stuff. We haven't heard, other than a couple, two, three jockeys, we haven't heard, you know, like the Mets, right? The Mets have had more people infected. Well, than uh, the thousand people in so they had to shut down they had to shut down there were 15 jockeys that did test positive but that was it they they got it they got what, a hold Del Mar? Of it. 15 yeah. Del Mar? but they wow. but they got a hold of it um it's just very difficult it's i tried to explain it to my parents but there were jockeys not handlers so out of the yes. thousand well, handlers i'm i have to i have to imagine handlers had it too i mean right. they weren't You're just part not of, disclosing it right because it's privacy exactly. HIPAA issues or whatever and and there are situations where I try to, like I said, I try to explain it to my mom and my, and my stepdad about what happens from the end of the race to the beginning of the race, because we don't see 90% of it. We see the race ends, right? And we all look at our tickets. Oh, did we win? Did we lose? Ah, oh, whatever. Okay. Go buy a beer, go to the ticket. We don't see the, the, the horse continuing to run. Obviously you can't just stop. So right. it, you know, eventually kind of runs itself out and then you walk it back jockey has to hop off that horse run into the to the jockey room figure out not only where he's running if he's running next um but what silks he needs what horse he's on and then how he needs to run that race um so there were a lot of people saying oh well why don't they just have outdoor jockey rooms or stuff like that because in that situation someone is going to be at an, a disadvantage whoever is the furthest away from the paddock can cry foul there's just so many things so what I what I liked about Del Mar is they they had the they had the situation. Hey, fifteen jockeys. They shut everything down. They added an extra day, which was this past Monday, to kind of make up for things. And we are now twenty four hours less than twenty four hours away. I'll knock on wood. That's kind of the thing I've done in twenty twenty. But from going off and getting ready to finish three of the first four weekends at Del Mar. Um, of nine weekends. And this is up until this point, the most important weekend. 
This is probably the second most important weekend in Del Mar for a meet behind the Pacific Coast uh, Classic meet, um, or sorry, Pacific Coast Classic day. So it's very, very important that Del Mar, it hit early. And I think that's the biggest thing, especially also with baseball. The fact that it hit early, the fact that the Marlins and the Phillies are dealing with this now. Now, if we were two weeks away from the end of the season, could MLB shut down the Marlins and the Phillies? Probably not. But since it's happening early, obviously, look, you don't want it to happen. But it did. At least it's happening early. So that's what I'm taking solace in. I think Del Mar did the right thing. And I've said it from the beginning. The biggest problem with the, the horse racing and, and what's been going on with COVID is the inconsistency from track to track in how they are combating this. At least in MLB and the bubble or other sports, it's pretty much all the same. Not here. Del Mar, it's one set of rules. Santa Anita, it's another. Keeneland, it's another. Um, uh, Monmouth, it's another. So it's hard to get one single cookie cutter way of doing things if you can't even get um, your own sport to do it. So that's the, that's the unfortunate part. Um, but getting back to the, the Baffert situation, he knows how to get the most – and remember, there are going to be times, whether he's suspended or not, that he has horses running at three different tracks on the same day. So that's not necessarily meaning that if Bob Baffert's there, that means the horse um, will run well or not. So I don't think it will affect him too much. Um, but going back to this race, the, what are we on? The five on Friday, Happier is, I believe, going to be my pick. Because, look, Baffert, we talked about earlier with first-time starters. What is the trainer's um, mentality going into first-time starts? Bob Baffert wins first-time starts 30% at 87 runs, hits 30%. That is big. Okay, 30% of the time, Baffert's throwing that horse out, and they're going to win. We talk about favorites winning 20%, right? Well, this is a 30%. Baffert's just going out. Now, we look at the return on investment. Excuse me, only a dollar twenty-three, so that's telling me there's a lot of favorites coming um, from that Baffert stall, and a lot of it is because Baffert is so prevalent with first-time starters. He's got three st uh, uh, runners in this race. Not all of them are going to be first-time starters, but the horse that I th that not only I'm excited to see, but just bet on because it is a. Um, offspring of one of my favorite horses of all time, American Pharaoh, obviously the triple crown winner ended the triple crown um, drought. So this is a horse that, yeah, that was a horse where Zaid came out after he won the, the, the triple crown. And he said, I won the triple crown with this horse for you, for you, the horse racing fans. I didn't do it for me or the fact that I'm going to make another hundred million dollars. I did it for you. You the fans. That was Saeed. Every time I hear American Pharaoh, I always remember Zaid at the Kentucky Derby, winning the Kentucky Derby for us, for you, Brandon First. He won the Triple Crown for you, Dr. First. Yeah, well, I'll take a cut of that <laughs> if he'll give it to me. But uh, Nika, the five horse is a horse that if it's going to win, it will be purely for the horse. No, I'm just kidding. But um, everything adds up. <laughs> 
everything adds up for this horse. You have the lineage. Um, you also have American Pharaoh. Look, you have some horses that maybe their offspring aren't nearly as successful as they should be. Um, I don't think- Like humans, right? The same thing. Yeah, exactly, 100%. And then obviously vice versa. Right. Maybe um, you could see th this horse be even better. I don't think that'll happen. Um, Himiko, I expect this horse to win millions of dollars. I really, really do. And I said that plurally. I think this could be really one of the top 20 horses at the time uh, when it's running. Um, and then this is a start now. It's in its second start. So it's a little um, interesting. It hasn't won yet, but it's always been at the top maiden class. And it's, and it's been, um, all the eyes have been on this horse. We have Cedillo on uh, getting the ride. Very, very excited to see Cedillo on this race or on this horse. Almost ran down uh, provocation in at uh, Santa Anita in June. This provocation's a really, really good youngster. And Himiko is the horse that you should keep an eye on now. It's two to one right now. The sire being American Pharaoh is only going to bring that number down. I wouldn't be surprised if this horse goes off at three to five. So what I would suggest you do is pair him with Happier um, in, in a Quinella. Maybe a try if you want to throw in. Um, let me see where that other horse is. Um, looking to get into heaven, the eight horse. It's the first race or it's the first race that this horse has run on dirt, but the speed figures have continually gone up. I'm sorry, it's the second race on dirt. But since its debut, the speed figures have gone up. Just like every any athlete, a rookie athlete, right? Or a rookie whatever. You want to see them progress every single day or every single game. Well, this horse has done that. Obviously, look, this will be its ninth race. It's yet to win. It's only uh, Its best performance has been two third places, two show tickets. Nothing crazy. But we have Kent DeSormo on on there that's something to look at i do want to say um according to the form him uh himoko the horse that i went on and on about um the five horse and the one horse via angelica are both expected to scratch a lot of people expect bob baffert kind of put both of these horses in expecting them to scratch and uh, race at a later date to make things a little bit easier for happier the, four, the three horse at four to one. So keep an eye on that. That will be a rather fluid situation. Um, but there's still going to be money to be made no matter what happens. Um, we'll know morning of. This won't be a last second scratch. We will know this time tomorrow, obviously, because it'll be going off. But uh, we'll know about 10 a.m. tomorrow whether or not those horses will run more than likely. And moving to the feature race of Friday. It is the Real good stakes. Uh, the purse, $125,000. So once again, I always talk about if you want to know how good or what type of class of horses you're having, um, look at the purse. So this is $125,000. The biggest purse that Del Mar gives out is the Pacific Classic. That is a million dollars. So just a little uh, comparativeness right there. Friday, that will be your uh, feature race. As I look through all these races, um, let's just go look at the number one horse, Rookie Mistake. What, what race number is that? Is that the eight? I'm sorry. This is race nine. Nine. Okay. Race nine. All right. Doug O'Neill, uh, 
trainer here, this, this horse rookie mistake. And once again, we're not talking about maidens anymore. We're talking about horses that um, not only have won, but are at the top of uh, pretty much the class. They're in stakes races. They're, they're doing the best of the best. Doug O'Neill knows how to, knows how to win these, um, these stakes races. He puts these horses in situations to win. And there is a, a bit of a surprise with O'Neill. Look, 34 runs at Del Mar so far. Only three wins, um, less than a 10% win percentage. Not ideal, but this is a good horse. I actually have this horse um, as my number one, one of my uh, try picks in this race. Very, very excited to see how it goes. Um, it ran in the ocean side, which was on uh, July 10th. That was actually on opening day earlier this year. It finished in fourth place. There will be three other uh, horses that run in this race, and it finished higher than all, uh, the highest out of all of them. So it already kind of has a leg up on those horses. If um, we do look deeper down the list, let me see the two horse Margot's boy beat the favorite out in the Oceanside Stakes. It's a very very um, interesting horse to see because. It is driven, uh, ridden by Drayden Van Dyke, who has struggled. I expect, we, we, Raider Jim talked about it, I think it was either opening day or it was definitely the first weekend. Uh, it was the last race, I think it was race 10, maybe on a Sunday. And Drayden Van Dyke, he'd been struggling, he'd been struggling, and Raider Jim kept saying, he says, he's got a run in him, he's got a run in him. Sure enough, there it was. He got us the last race of the day, um, and he got us. And eventually, look, 7% win percentage for Drayden Van Dyke, that's going to change. Keep an eye on that. Um, it is going to be the first or the first race on dirt for this race. Or, I'm sorry, first race on dirt for this horse. Thank you. Um, so that is something to keep an eye on. But four out of six times in the money for Margot Boy. Um, I like that. And finally, the seven horse is uh, Lightning Fast. And I understand the four horse El, El Tigre Terrible is probably going to be the favorite and everyone's probably saying, why aren't you talking about him? Look, I wasn't impressed in the ocean side. This horse came off at three to one and finished seven lengths off the lead. Um, to other races, the other horses in this race, I'm not going to deal with a horse that um, struggles as a favorite, period. I uh, look at the seven horse lightning fast at eight to one is incredible. I expect this number to drop heavily, uh, mainly because a lot of people go by the, ra the racing form and the racing form, um, their daily best bet from Del Mar out of all the races, they say this is the best bet. I've never seen their best bet have this high a number. Like I said, I expect it to come down. There is um, an eye to look at there with um, Delgadio on, um, on ugh, getting the ride. I will say he was mediocre in this race or in a race earlier in an optional, optional, optional claiming race, finished six, six lengths off the lead to St. Joe's boy. It's going to be a tough race for this horse, but if the number is right, if it's five to one or higher, I think a show, uh, a, a show pick is in the offing, I think it's something you can uh, throw a couple bucks at. Like I said, look, they're gonna. A lot of people are gonna talk about El Tigre Terrible, and for good reason. It's a horse that's been in the money five out of seven times. Um, it's won two times at Del Mar. 
one, I think already, or no, no, it, it, earlier this meet, like I said, struggled at Del Mar. Until it proves differently, I'm not putting money on an eight to five, which I, that's what I expect this horse to go off at. I'm not going to put my uh, money at an eight to five horse that underwhelmed last time out. I need this horse to prove to me that uh, it, it can run. And even then, eight to five, I talked about it earlier. I don't really deal with uh, horses like that. Um, I want value. And those were the, th I gave me three valuable horses that I think can hit and make us money. And that's what it's all about. It's all about making Moving that on money. To Saturday money here hard. as I pull up my, yeah. Thank you. It, it, money is hard to get. Money is a commodity that's scarce, especially in a pandemic uh, with riots, right? And the big thing about sports and the big thing about horse racing is that it's a distraction from real life. But we're all in real life. We got to pay the mortgages. We got to pay rent. We have to pay uh, a little extra now because we're having our food delivered. Okay. So if you own a business, and I'm stretching it out because I've been thinking, not just people that own the businesses, people who have kids, people who are married, right? 80% uh, of your time, when you look at opportunity cost, 80% of your time has to be in revenue generating activity, right? Uh, spend time with your kids, right? Uh, if you're going to spend less time with your kid to watch a sporting event or watch a horse race, I encourage you to have your kid there with you and teach them math with horse racing like Tim Conway or sports. But if they don't like sports and you want to watch a game, uh, I would encourage you to be making money on that game so you can buy Christmas gifts for the kid or buy the kid a toy, right? In lieu of the opportunity cost because a kid maybe doesn't like sports, right? You don't want to force a kid if he doesn't like sports to watch sports. But you want to watch sports as a game and you work hard and you deserve a little bit of leisure time. But why not have added value? That's why <clears throat> this is the greatest sports podcast of all time because knock on wood heading into this next week of Del Mar, Dr. Brandon first and Raider Jim have made you money horse racing each and every time and enjoy, you know, made it enjoyable to watch the race. I'm not, uh, I'm a horse racing fan. I just not, uh, I don't have the insight or, the knowledge or have paid attention to it as my favorite sports. But I get the picks from Brandon First, PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles. I get the picks from Raider Jim. We're posting the picks on the spreadsheet. We're going to do a little bit better on that. But as the picks come in, we'll post it on the spreadsheet. They're going to be on Twitter. Uh, if you're not comfortable making the picks yourself, use our picks. But the end goal it's for you to learn, like uh, Dr. First has taught you today. He was very detailed in giving you the whys, why you should bet this horse. What's the education behind it? What's claiming? Who's the favorite? Why don't you bet the favorite? You cannot get more money-making education than what Dr. First gave you, right? His encyclopedic knowledge and his natural ability to report on all sides, right? He gives you the news, 
So you can decide. It's not biased or slanted towards the right or towards the left. Bringing in Dr. First, I've known him now a while. Dr. First never has an agenda. There's no hidden motives. There's no ulterior motives with Dr. First, right? He's just telling you like it is, like Howard Cosell back in the day, telling you like it is. He reports the news, you decide. Got some final words, some recap on Del Mar. You're gonna be live streaming. The people on Twitch are gonna go crazy if they, they love to see you stream and the people from Toronto go crazy too, so. Well, good. Yeah, we'll be back on uh, on Saturday. And and speaking of that, this th we'll move on to Saturday. Uh, three big races to uh, go over. Obviously, okay. you know. We'll go, sorry. Yeah. We'll Saturday. Go, yes. Yeah. So we'll go a little more in depth, obviously, on Saturday. But for now, just want to run over a little uh, couple things just while they're on the top of my head. Um, this is actually, I take it back. I, there was the last race I talked about. There were three Baffert horses. I said two of them are probably going to scratch. This is actually that race I was talking about. There are three Baffert horses, uh, same as last time, but two of them here are expected to scratch. Um, and a big reason why is because of the five horse. Honor AP is in this, in this um, shared belief. It's a $100,000 purse. It's a huge stakes race, one of three for the day on Saturday. So don't forget, join me starting at 1.30. First post will be at 2. Uh, maybe more, actually, no, I'm sorry. One forty-five was what time we called it. Hop on, get ready. We'll get that first pick in. Uh, it's going to be a really fun day. Like I said, three big races that day. Honor AP is the massive favorite here. Uh, it's a superstar horse. It, it's coming off uh, winning the Santa Anita Derby. Probably going to be the favorite of these especially if the horses scratch look the morning line it's already eight to five you almost always expect favored money lines to drop even more so we could be looking at possible four to five three to five uh less than even money on a horse love it don't get me wrong the horse i think is gonna win and i don't even have to throw another one out there but i will mike smith is is writing it mike smith doesn't come out for anybody no right. no no mules he is he is running winners now while i expect this horse to win i also want to win money so i'm going to look at possibly look if if the form is correct uncle chuck is also going to scratch it's one of the baffer horses that um is probably going to scratch but if it doesn't this is a horse that i do think can compete it's two for two career um and uh, while the Santa Anita Derby was won by um, AP Honor, the Los Alamitos Derby was won by Uncle Chuck. So we kind of have the, 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 the Los Alamitos and the, and the Santa Anita, the two best kind of going at each other here at Del Mar if we see it happen. Like I said, uh, according to the form, Uncle Chuck is expected to scratch and go on to the grade one Travers, which is a huge race, um, and I know Baffert tries to get as many horses as possible into the Travers Stakes. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But of a horse that is actually expected to start is Thousand Words for Bob Baffert. Keep an eye on him. Currently right now, 8-1 to one morning line. Sadiho is on, uh, gets the ride. Very, very hot runner. 
I mean, when it's all said and done, if the scratches are the way we expect them to be, there's only going to be four runners. So it's going to be a short field with a heavy favorite. So we have to find a way to pick who's going to finish number two. That's our goal, period, because third place doesn't pay in a four-horse race. There are no shows on that. So um, with that, we uh, have a situation. And, you know, those are, those are tough, tough races. And it's going to be tough, but I can't wait for Saturday myself. Just because you'll give an update, right? You'll give an update before we start. Oh yeah, today. we'll have full thirty minutes, and and um, that... and, and as he's doing it, because I'll be sitting right there, um, I'm going to be filling out the spreadsheet, and then we'll uh, post it, so people have Perfect. a visual and an audio. Perfect. Moving on to race eight, which is going to be a, it's the let's see, CTBA, which is going to be the California Thoroughbred Association. Uh, I'm sorry, Thoroughbred Breeding Association. This is a horses that, um, a lot of horses that actually ran um, already this year. So it's very interesting. A lot of youngsters, only two years old. You have to be two years old. So we're kind of getting the youngsters in this. It's $100,000 uh, purse. So there's money definitely to be made for these owners. The three horses I'm looking at are the one, six, and seven, not really in any particular order. When you're doing trifectas, remember, always box them. Pay a little extra for the box. Everything gets a little nutty towards the end. So pay for that. Um, but Big Andy is uh, definitely one um, that I look at because of Flavian Pratt. We also look at Mr. Big as a sire. Very, very successful there. Um, we also look at the... Six horse, love wins. I, I like what this horse has done. Looks good um, overall in its maiden debut. Wasn't great. Or no, I'm sorry, did get that win and won very, very well. Uh, very easily, I should say, by four lengths at, up at Santa Anita at a, a maiden special weight of 65,000, which is a heavy, or which is a high class. Keep an eye on love wins at four to one. That money line, or that morning line, will probably move up if it's higher than five or six to one keep an eye on that as possible number three and uh this is one that josh will absolutely love it's the seven horse probably going to be the favorite uh the name is i'm so anna Ooh. so uh, shout out to the misses there yeah so oh, he might have to yeah, I'm that one to I'm ask them. yeah so coming in as the favorite the one thing i will say is um, currently right now, look, eight to five on the morning line, two for two in the money um, lifetime, one at Los Alamitos uh, by four lengths, and the other only other race was at Golden Gate. Look, Golden Gate and Los Alamitos, they're kind of just a lower or just uh, the, the classes of horses are just maybe a little bit lower than Del Mar and Santa Anita. So we'll see how that um, uh, translates to Del Mar. Uh, especially seeing this horse as the favorite. Uh, Righteously is another horse to keep an eye on, uh, mainly because it did beat Big Andy, a horse that I actually like, last time out when it won uh, the maiden special weight at 52,000. Big Andy, as much as I like that horse, it is still a maiden in a $100,000 purse race. A little tough, or a, a little um, 
Uh, might be a little bit of a gamble there, but I expect the five to one morning line to go up. So in those situations, when you put a, a show pick on a, what I expect to be eight to 12 to one shot, and it comes in, that's going to cover the bet no matter what you bet more than likely outside of that. Um, so like I said, go a little deeper into that on Saturday. We'll have more time and we'll have live odds and we'll know who's starting and who isn't. Uh, moving on to the main event of the weekend, the final race we are going to talk about, um, and really probably the second, maybe third most um, popular, the the biggest popular, the most popular stakes race of the summer series is the Bing Crosby. It's a grade one. It is the top of the top. The Kentucky Derby is a grade one. The Belmont's a grade one. All of those are grade ones. This is the best of the best. And now for, for Sunday, what I remember happening uh, the other Sunday was that you and Raider Jim were flying text with horse picks. So what I'll do is I'll translate that, put it on the spreadsheet, and then I'll live tweet uh, because these guys are going to be busy making money and predicting the horses. So I'll live tweet what, what their response is. We'll share the labor there. Exactly. And just, just also a heads up, up until about um, – I mean, when we started this podcast, uh, the, the entries were not out for Sunday yet. So um, the Sunday still gotta, is still going to be a good weekend. That I'll, I'll talk about on Saturday as well. We'll preview some of those races. Um, haven't had a chance to dive into any of those numbers yet, so I can't sit here and talk about any of those things. But if you are looking for Sunday's um, analysis, be here on Saturday, um, and that's where those be. But in terms of uh, for today, currency, exactly. The, the picks are, are actual currency that you can put on whatever, your Bitcoin and you can get that Visa Bitcoin card and buy gasoline with it or whatever else you want at 7-Eleven or Ralph's or wherever. Exactly. So we move on to the, uh, the final race we'll be talking about, the Bing Crosby Grade 1. The purse is going to be 120, or I'm sorry, 250000 So you see already double the, uh, I believe it was the shared belief um, of 125000 So double that. We got really Good veteran horses, all the big guys, all the big horse, um, all the big, excuse me, all the big trainers, all the big jockeys are out for this one. Like I said, this is pretty much the first um, big, uh, big stakes race of the meet. And the one horse that I would uh, want you to look at is PR Radio Star. This is a horse that's already won this meet. However, as successful as it's been, it, it, it's had 29 starts, 16 times it's been in the money, including nine wins, uh, one for one at Del Mar, um, as I said earlier this year, uh, optional claiming 62,000, that's a top class. This is by far the biggest race. I mean, we're talking about um, a horse going from optional claiming to a grade one. There was a chance that this horse could not have been under Philip D'Amato, the trainer. It was up. If, if, if somebody wanted to pay $62,000 for this horse on July 12th, it would not be under the same training group. And now it's in a grade one. So it's a huge step up. But because of that, the numbers are probably going to push it. And there's something I've always talked about it. If you've been listening to this podcast and these called posts, 
I, I have a, I'm a big believer in the fact that horses understand, they, under, they recognize surroundings, they recognize situations. They, the smell of Del Mar is different than the smell of other places. Um, and this horse knows, hey, I've won on this track. I can do it again. It's not going to come off as a favorite. It's probably going to be a very high number. But um, the favorite in this is probably going to be McKenzie. And a big reason why is our jockey-trainer combo. It is the Hall of Fame connection. I pretty much talked about Bob Baffert, Mike Smith. Now to the point we talked about earlier. This is a Saturday race. So this will be August 1st. This will be a day where Bob Baffert will not be there. Um, now, Mike Smith doesn't necessarily need any guidance, especially on how to uh, ride a world-class horse like, McKin like McKinsey is. But it will be very interesting, like Josh brought up, to see how these horses run without Baffert. Um, and and in, in, in this race, the Bing Crosby, grade one, six furlongs, more so than ever, the morning lines are maybe not so much not to be believed, but wait and see. Um, because all of these horses, you can make a case. All of these horses, these trainers and owners paid a lot of money to put them in this race. They're not putting them in there so that, you know, they can say, hey, I had a race or I had a horse run in the Bing Crosby. They all believe that maybe if something breaks the right way, they can win. And by and large part, they all are probably correct. Um, and it's really going to be interesting. I'm going to dive deeper into this race and then obviously fully, fully dive in to what Sunday has in store for us. But I'm really looking forward to not only um, Saturday when we're going to be there live stream, but uh, tomorrow as well. And follow me at First Report um, at Raider Gym 1090. We'll be dropping picks for you. You're going to have to be diligent. You're going to have to understand, hey, five minutes before post, uh, 10 minutes for a post, that's when we're dropping them. Be ready to roll. Um, we're making it as easy as possible for you, but it's still not perfectly easy. Saturday, you have no excuses. Pull up Twitch, pull up however you watch these live streams. I'll be right there the whole time for you. I'll even share my screen and show you how I'm betting. You have no excuses on Saturday. Uh, so uh, tune in uh, and, and enjoy because it's for me, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to sit down uh, for pretty much three and a half to four hours and, and just talk horse racing, just talk betting. Um, I, I tell, I tagged you for, for a little bit so I can sneak out. <laughs> it's a distraction, man. For me, you know, you got CNN and stuff like that. And then when first report comes to the live stream, I turn CNN off and uh, distract my brain with what's going on at the racetrack. Or, you know, you get done with a client and it's stressful, it's intense, and then first report starts talking, Raider Jim starts talking, we have Craig Mizrak also, uh, or studying different things that, that we do, it takes your mind away from the fact there's a, a pandemic, there's riots in Portland, there's riots in Seattle, where else is going, right? You, you get away from it because it's good mental health. You cannot sit there and watch Fox News, Fox Business, uh, OAN News, MSNBC. It's not healthy to sit there and watch that all day. And uh, six months, there's going to uh, entertainment will run out. So you don't have to watch Netflix 24-7, right? Uh, save it. Save the good ones. Because even if there is uh, entertainment there, the good ones you would 
already your answer, right? So come on the website. We'll be uh, doing some updates there on the horse racing page. We'll have some updates. And uh, if we can put the live stream on the horse racing page, we'll do it, right? So you can go to Ecosystems Business Concierge. That's what ESBC stands for. Stand for. It's your ecosystem. So all around you, we have picks for you. We have education how you can make your own picks from A to Z. And to be honest, I'm always honest. Being real, as I am always, is a better way to say it. Raider Jim and First Report, and I expect no less. That's why he's the PhD of the Philadelphia Eagles, because he has encyclopedic knowledge of whatever he puts his mind to, right? So he's a doctor. That's why he has a PhD, okay? And, and he does a dissertation every other day, right? He has detailed information, right? But it's not like Max Kellerman or Stephen A. Smith or Colin Coward or Clay Travis. This is actionable currency, information you monetize to put money in your pocket consistently. My, um, my, my, Live one last thing uh, before we head out. Um, I, I uh, Josh, thank you so much for joining us. Um, but this was, I just want to have a shout out to uh, Raider Jim. It's on assignment. I know he's listening. Um, we're thinking about you. Can't wait to uh, talk to you this weekend and, and back to back to this next week. Uh, really, honestly, I don't think we have this show um, without Raider Jim. So I uh, know uh, we don't. That Raider Jim is the genesis of it. Exactly. Uh, we're doing college basketball, and I said, Raider Jim, would you like to do a horse racing? He's like, horse racing? I'm an expert in horse. I'm like, whoa, what? So that's where it started. And uh, we, we had it, and then Brandon Frost has carried the torch. He's running – it's a four-leg relay, and he's running three legs of the relay. I ran the fourth one. He's running the other three, and Raider Jim is coaching us up. Damn right. Best coach in the world, too. We love Raider Jim. We love his voice. We've been listening to his voice for 20 years. Now, we get to listen to it all the time, as he is uh, the consulary of the podcast. Final words, Brandon, first as well. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. It'll be Horses Racing Friday. We're never we're never too far away from y'all. Like we're uh, if anything, we're 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 only a day away as uh, as uh, is it Annie? Annie who would sing that song? As right. tomorrow. You're only a day away. Right. We're only a day away, folks. But yeah, tomorrow. Um, like I said, follow me on my Twitter at first report. We'll be having Delmar picks um, at Raider Jim 1090 as well. Um, and then later on in the day, uh, switching course, look. We got college football for you, too. Uh, Maction, baby. Let's get into the match. We're going to get a lot of college football. I'm going to catch up on the podcast today. Uh, right after this one, we'll drop the top sports reports that, that were done yesterday. We already got Matt Floyd in there. And then I'm going to do NBA, the Beast of the East. And when I'm done with that, I am going to go through every single team of Conference USA so we stay on track. Because the number two rule of betting is do your research. And then 
uh, we're the hardest working betting podcast in history. After that, uh, I already recorded the Dodgers briefing. So you'll get a Dodger betting briefing. Then uh, on Friday, you're going to have the live horse racing. Saturday. And, Saturday. Uh, well, tomorrow we're going to, uh, as the picks come in, we're going to put them on Twitter. Oh, yes, but it won't be live. I won't. Well, it'll be live before the race. We'll have the picks for the people before the race. I know Raider Jim is Yeah, as many as we can. Not every single race will be gotten out, but we will do we'll our best. We'll get some. We'll do one race before it starts. We got that going. So, and we're going to give you Major League Baseball picks. Uh, Craig Mizrax coming on later tonight to give you MLS. All right. We're making you a lot of money, people. Literally, if you're overwhelmed by the pandemic, you just want to take what picks we gave you and bet equal amounts on each game, that's money, all right? That is money. So you got all that going at you, and it's going to be a full slate of NBA games. And as I do my research for the Beast of the East, I'm going to break down all those NBA games. I give you at least three NBA picks tomorrow, if not all of them. We're going to give you some Major League Baseball picks as well. So this is part, part picture tent right here. Listen to all the podcasts. We're also going to have written articles, and we're going to have uh, daily briefings. Right? Anything else? Anything else we miss? No, that's it all. All right. Now, you hear all the information we're giving you, giving you all the picks we're giving you, uh, all the education we're giving you, and it's because we just don't talk the talk. We walk the walk of Churchill, William Churchill, Winston Churchill. I've been you know, doing some research, so many podcasts. <laughs> but we keep on going, man. All right, uh, Winston Churchill, you make a living from your labor, but you make a life from what you give. That's why we give away picks. We're making a life for ourselves. And like Dr. First said, we're very, very accessible. Uh, thank you for everybody who's been uh, direct, uh, direct messaging. Keep it going. And we're going to have something on the website I'm going to add it where you can contact us, the contact page or whatever, and we will get to you as fast as we can, 858-863-6501. You can leave a voicemail or a text message. Thank you for listening to the ESBC Podcast Network. If you haven't heard of Anchor, it is free. It's a podcast that I use. <clears throat> and they really do a good job for us here at the GFSN betting and team report podcast. It helps us make 70 to 80% of your bets. Now, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started, my brothers. I'm the best there is.